Jackson Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. I'm Jason Swain, live here from the Lowe's T Center Studio. It is early, but Ben McKee of Go Balls 247 has been crisscrossing the globe, it seems like. New York, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Nebraska. And he's here with us this morning. We have a lot to get to. We are looking forward to, I think, pretty cool conversations around Tennessee uh, athletics, baseball, football. I guess you could say it's football recruiting. Now, Ben McKee. Good, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm, I'm I'm good. I was, I was, um, I was hurt yesterday, Ben. I was hurt. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I still am kind of down and out. Just that that baseball season is over. You, you know how much I love me some college baseball. Uh, so, um, yeah, yesterday was a bummer. Uh, the way things ended for Tennessee was a bummer. There, there's no doubt about that. But hey, they'll be back. This won't be the end of the road for Tennessee and Omaha, and this team is is going to have a a great chance at winning a national championship over the next five or so years, just because of the ridiculous amount of talent that's being brought in, both through the high school ranks, and then also, you know, that Tony Vitello is going to attack the transfer portal because Tennessee is an attractive destination for transfers. Uh, so th- this won't be the end of the road. I-, I think this year was a nice building block for Tennessee, getting a win in Omaha. So uh, definitely a bummer that the season is over. I, I hate seeing uh, guys like Camden Sewell and Griffin Merritt and-, and Christian Scott, their career come to an end, uh, especially guys like Christian Scott and, and Camden Sewell, who I've uh, covered for the last five years. And, and baseball is a little bit different than football and basketball. 
uh, around them far more often uh, because there are so many more games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- those guys, whatever their next phase in life is, they'll they'll succeed in it no matter what. But uh, death that that's the the bummer to me is is that like you kind of build a unique relationship with these guys and then uh, they're moving on to the next chapters and and won't see them as often. This is what you sign up for, though, uh, as a Tennessee fan, as someone like yourself in the media covering this baseball team, um, but but more so as a fan. And you sign up for this as a player, too. When you decide to be an athlete and, and play at a high level, you're going to experience defeat and you're going to experience heartache and disappointment. And I don't care what kind of athlete you are. Michael Jordan went through it. Tiger Woods went through it. Uh, Peyton Manning went through it. Some of the greatest athletes of all time, they went through defeat. They went through heartache. And you have to go through those moments to appreciate when you win at the highest level or use it, the disappointment as motivation to reach the top of the mountaintop. And, you know, Alabama football went through it. Georgia football went through it. You know, Tennessee football went through it, you know, leading up to 98 season. I mean, 97 season arguably have more talent, but they did not reach their goal. So this is part of it. This, this is what you sign up for. Um, does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. You should hurt if you care about your team, you know, winning at the highest level and competing at the highest level. Uh, I did not expect Tennessee not to be able to score any runs with Paul Skeens not, not pitching, but it happened. He had plenty of opportunities with the bases loaded. Uh, LSU made some – some good plays, and we could tell by last night, man. This LSU team, man, they, they're winners. They're gritty. They're they're fighters, and um, for them to beat Wake Forest with the pitching being the way it is, I mean, you gotta give kudos to the LSU Tigers, and they'll try to go at it again today. And um, thanks to Tony Vitello, I'm out here watching college baseball, and Tennessee not even playing. So I watched yesterday's game, and I mean, I'll be watching today, but. Um, while the experience and disappointment, the conversation came up about reloading versus um, rebuilding. And we hear this term all the time as it relates to, you know, SEC football. And this was on this was on Joshua Swain yesterday. Someone sent in a message on the on the text box there and and, and was really trying to put things in perspective and say, hey man, look at what this team was able to do getting to Omaha in a rebuilding year. And I don't think he meant anything by it. Um I mean he was being sincere and genuine and and really looking at the the, the positive of this baseball season. Um and so Hart was in the right place. But I was like, that sound right to me. It just, it just don't sound right to me. And the reason why, Ben, it don't sound right to me is here's a team, 2021, won 50 games, won the SEC East, went to Omaha. 2022, had the best regular season in SEC history. A lot of dudes went to the pros. Tennessee was able to bring in top-tier talent. Tennessee right now has a number one recruiting class. This past season, went to Omaha. When you at this point, 
It ain't rebuilding to me. It's reloading. And when I think about rebuilding, and I made this point yesterday, I think about the 2014 Mississippi State team, right? When Dan Mullen was there, and every three or two years, he would make a run. Like, this was the year because the three the three-star players or the occasional four-star players that they recruited, that freshman class, they would grow, they would develop. And then by the time they were juniors, okay, it was their chance to make a run. And programs like that, in that situation, there's rebuilding. But I feel like when you, for three straight years, make championship runs and you're recruiting at a high level, it ain't rebuilding, man. It's reloading. And Tennessee baseball will be doing the same thing this upcoming season, this offseason, when they're going out looking at talent, developing the guys they currently have on this roster. This team, next season, Ben, they'll be reloading, man. Reloading. I think we are past the rebuilding stage. Certainly are. Certainly are. Uh, Tennessee is is at a point where it is reloading every single offseason. And that that is the goal at this point because they have established themselves as a program. They are one of the best programs in college baseball. They are. That's, that's what they are at this point. And now the next step is trying to, <clears throat> excuse me, win, in, win the ultimate thing, win the national championship, accomplish the ultimate goal. That that's the only thing that this this program has left to to do at at this point is is win a national championship. They they've won both SEC championships, regular season, SEC tournament. They've made it to Omaha. They've won a game in Omaha. Now it's about getting to the championship series and winning two out of three in the championship series and and finishing the deal off. So, uh, and I am kind of anti-championship or bust mentality. You, you and I have had conversations about that. Uh, we had it after a basketball season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that from here on out. If they don't win a national championship, I'm, I'm going to label the season as a failure just because of how difficult it is to win a national championship. And that's also circumstantial. It is absolutely circumstantial. If, if this year's team would not have made it to to the college world series then then it's probably okay to to say that they did not accomplish their goals which is a a failure uh or, or surely making it to a super regional it, it would have been very very disappointing because we all know how much talent they have on this roster uh but they will continue to have that much talent on their roster they have a nice young core uh, coming back, or I, I don't even know if I should say young core, but they have several nice pieces coming mm. back uh, next season on the mound, in the lineup. Now they're going to have to make some additions through the transfer portal, uh, which is which is a great spot to be in. Uh, you, you're not in a it's it's not a situation like Oral Roberts where this type of run happens every five years at mm. best, every every ten years at best. Tennessee. Just like Arkansas and Vanderbilt, the Mississippi schools, Florida, LSU, like they're always going to have, at least under Tony Vitello, a nice natural core and, and foundation of talent that they've built up uh, through recruiting, 
high school players. And then kind of season by season, they'll be able to make additions to the roster, to that core that they already have via the transfer portal. And I think that's the best way to utilize the transfer portal. I, I don't think that you can strictly live off the transfer portal. You you have to build the foundation of your roster, the foundation of your program through the high school ranks, and then you fill in where need be. Uh, like, for instance, Maui Ahuna, he's going to be moving on. I don't really see a, a shortstop, everyday SEC shortstop in the building right now. I, I don't I don't know that they've got one that will be ready to start day one as a freshman in this league coming in. So to me, that's a huge area of need these next two or, or so weeks is is finding an everyday shortstop uh, in the SEC because Maui Ahuna is is moving on. So that that's where you can really complement your roster that you already have in place is is by u- utilizing the transfer portal. They could they could really benefit from becoming more offensive at the catcher's position. Don't sacrifice defense. They they never will. No co- no coach will ever sacrifice defensively at the catching position, but they they do need to find a way to become uh more offensive there and, and find a little more production. So that's that's an area in the transfer portal that you can utilize. So uh you're, you're spot on, Swain. They're at a point where they're just reloading because they're always going to have a nice natural core of talent. And then how can they go out and utilize the transfer portal to hopefully for their sake, build it into a, a championship level roster? I think we can all agree that, um, you know, as much as Tennessee fans, Vanderbilt fans go back and forth um, about baseball, hasn't been really much about any other sport. Um, you know, basketball this past season, there was a few Vanderbilt fans that showed up after they beat Tennessee in basketball, but the back and forth really has been over the last couple of years about, about baseball. But I think we can all agree that every program in the country wants to be on the run that Vanderbilt has been on, uh, in the last, last decade. They won it in 2014 and, um, went out and won the college world series in 2019. Um, there's a process to, to this, right? And I'm looking at Vanderbilt's runs over the last couple of years. 2007, they were the number one overall seed. 2007, number one overall seed. Got beat by Michigan in the national regional finals. So, similar to what happened last year, even though it wasn't the Super Regionals, Number one overall seed, but couldn't get to Omaha. Okay? Uh, in 2008, eliminated in the semifinals, regional semifinals, which is the Super Regionals. Um, 2010, eliminated by Florida State in the Super Regionals. 2011, six overall seed. And got to Omaha, but finished third. The next year, eliminated by NC State in the regionals. 13, number two overall seed in the tournament. Got beat by Louisville in the Super Regional. 2014, they won the College World Series. So, like, there was a lot of failure, man, before they broke through. Tony Vitello's been here six years. He good. Like, I think we live in a 
instant gratification society. And hey, man, I, I want things done now. I now get it done now. But like when you really sit back and like think about it, hey, man, Tony, Tony's on the right track, and the timeline for him should be right now. Coaches like Vitello and and, and Heupel, they don't they don't want to hear anything about a five year. 10-year timeline. Like, they want it now. Like, Hypo wanted yeah, to win, win every game. They want to win one. year one. Exactly, exactly. So, like, but as a fan, you kind of sit back and you look at this and you go, okay, all right. We're we, we, we're good. And um, I, I want to say this before we take a break and, and kind of change directions here. But, man, last year, when you covered Tennessee baseball team, I was like, man, man. A hell of a job, man. I don't know if he can do any better, man. That's dude, dude, best, best, best on the beat covering this baseball team, dude. You were better this year. You was better this year, my man. And I just want to give you your flowers and, and tell you how much I'm proud of you, um, man. Just, just a great job, and I hope people see the the love that you have for the game. Um, the the passion that you show, the fairness that you have when covering this baseball team when they're winning, when they're losing, um, the respect that the players and foreign players have for you, um, opening up themselves to, to talk to you and, and be transparent with you and feel comfortable with you, yo, I, like I see that, I, I see that, and I hope others can can see that as well. So. Uh, man, I just want to make sure I didn't forget showing you that love, man. I hope everyone else uh, can can recognize that. But this is this is part of it as a fan. You, you want your teams to compete for championships. You want your team to make big time runs. But at the same time, like you're like you're going to lose some. You're going to lose probably most of them. If you're not losing most of them, that means you have a dynasty, and dynasties don't come around very, very often. So you're going to lose most of them. Thank you, Tennessee baseball. Thank you for, for this season. Um, Maui Ahuna, he showed up at the most important time of the season. I don't care what he did in the regular season. Now, for his pro aspirations, that stuff matters. But we talk about just results. From a fan's perspective, Maui Ahuna showed up at the right time, period, point blank. That's his legacy to me. It's more important than anything that happened in the regular season. When it was the College World Series, Maui Ahuna did his thing, period. No comma. Point blank. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That is all that needs to be said. 865 our telephone number, Swain Event Hotline. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live here in the Low T Center studio. We will take a brief timeout. Tennessee football recruiting, three commits inside of a seven-day period. My goodness. My goodness. Tennessee football recruiting heating up. Swain Event's heating up. We will be back after this.
The Swain event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Good morning, Swain event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Freedom Motors is the local pre-owned car dealer who does more for you than any other dealer around. You want convenience? You can check out their entire line of vehicles online at freedommotorstn.com. And when you find what you like, they'll bring the vehicle right to your door. That's a dealer who cares about you and your time. Shop Freedom Motors today and let's get you in your new ride. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. All right, Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. About six minutes until the bottom of the hour on Thursday. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live in the Low T Center studio. I think one of the biggest needs in 2024 recruiting class, Ben, has been offensive line. Probably still a need. You can never have too many really good offensive linemen. I think we can look at a lot of the SEC games last year that we won and some of the SEC games that Tennessee lost and recognize that Tennessee could always use more offensive linemen. Well, we got a big old country, Texas brisket eating mesquite wood smoking brother and max johnson six five three hundred and ten pounds it's going to be an early enrollee which is very very important his brother according to 247sports.com is at oklahoma was offensive lineman but the connection with him this tennessee staff was the reason why he picked Tennessee over, ooh, what do I see here? Do I see an offer from Alabama? Yes, I do. Do I see an offer from Georgia? Oh, yes, I do. Do I see an offer from Oklahoma? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So he picked Tennessee over Alabama and Georgia. That's how I see it. That's how I see it, Ben. 
Oh, Michigan too. LSU, Miami. Oh yeah. Ohio State. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, he picked all those schools. Tennessee over all of those schools. So this is this is big time. He made his announcement uh yesterday afternoon. This was big. Um in the same week, Ben, Jordan Burns, linebacker from Georgia, who I call Chase Burns, Jordan Burns, and Jordan Burns, Chase Burns, for some reason. Uh, I'm working on it. It's a process. I'm trying to get 1% better. But Jordan Burns, linebacker from Georgia, four-star prospect committed to Tennessee in the last couple of days. Boo Carter, four-star athlete committed to Tennessee uh, last couple days on, on Saturday. Tennessee right now, man, heating up, buddy. Heating up, Ben. They are. Uh, it just goes to to show that Josh Heupel's himself and, and his whole staff can recruit far better than than I think anybody really expected. Just based off of what the conversation was when when he got hired, that that was supposedly the knock on Josh Heupel is that he doesn't love to recruit and that he doesn't do a great job of recruiting. You heard that from all the UCF fans and all the, the UCF media members, the the three of them down there uh, in the Orlando area, uh, that that he just didn't relate to guys all that well and, and didn't put the effort in. But the the results tell a very different story the, the last two seasons specifically. And uh, I, I kind of... That that first season was just man. I, I don't know how they got anybody to commit. Quite frankly, just because of everything going on with the NCAA investigation and and the dark cloud hanging over the program. Uh, but the the last two years, ha- have they recruited at a national championship level? I would say no, um, because I, I think Alabama and and Georgia and and LSU are. Uh, so that that to me is the next step. But they are they are in that tier two, in my opinion, uh, and I, I think a, a fascinating conversation to have at at some point. Swain is defensively, do they need to to recruit at a a national championship level to to win a national championship? Yes, I'd say defensively they do. But an interesting conversation question is, do they have to recruit offensively to the level that? those tier one schools are because I think almost the offensive system can give you a little wiggle room and and maybe make up for a little bit of space in between tier one and tier two. If that makes sense, you know that he's always going to have a a big time quarterback prospect coming in. Josh Heupel, uh, Nico Iamaliava to Jake Merklinger. uh, And then you kind of start to look at the, the 20, the early 2025 quarterbacks, that they're after, like a George McIntyre over there in, in, in the mid-state, I mean, that kid is going to be an absolute stud. And I, I think Tennessee's up there with with anybody for his services. Uh, so the, the the nature of the quarterback position, it, it could not be healthier. I mean, it, it might be as healthy as it's ever been in, in Tennessee football history. And, and I'm, not, I'm not afraid to say that. Uh, now these guys have to, to prove it, but I have all the, the confidence in the world that Josh Heupel and if Joey Halsley remains here or whoever Josh Heupel brings in to, to help him develop, I have all the confidence in the world that the quarterback position is is going to be developed and, and that they're going to be able to surround him with playmakers. Uh, so I, I just, 
I've I've been very very impressed by the the job that they have done on the recruiting trail. They're, they're sure there's another step that they can take, and I think that will I think that will come as the program becomes more and more developed. I mean, it, it really does feel like uh, Tony Vitello and, and Rick Barnes, kind of the early stages of of their recruiting, where you were impressed and, and kind of started turning your head and, and raising your eyebrow at, at some of the players that they were able to get over other schools. And it was all about just getting the program up off the map. Uh, Rick Barnes had to, to take some guys and, and develop them. And then the elite recruits started coming in. Same for Tony Vitello, and I think that's the same for for Josh Heupel. So I, I think the fact that they're maybe not in that tier one level of recruiting just yet is more because he's in his third season than than anything else. And when when we look up at, at year six, I mean, I, I I really do think that just based off of the success on the football field and uh, the culture within the locker room and 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 the football facility and, and just Josh Heupel's ability to relate to young people. I mean, I, I think they're going to be t- churning out top five, top 10 classes a- every single season. And I didn't even mention the additional resources that are so important now in, in today's day and age of college athletics. You mentioned tier one recruiting. Like I'm partly with you. I, I, I really am. Uh, because I feel like defensively, you have to recruit at a tier one level. They, they, there's no secret sauce. There's no system defensively that puts you ahead of the competition. You got to have dudes that can run on the outside, dudes that can cover, change direction, make plays on the ball. There's no special defensive system that hides a player's deficiency when it's time to go man-to-man. You got to have dudes. Linebacker, you got to have dudes. Big, fast dudes that can hit that are smart. Defensive line, you got to have dudes. Simple as that. So, defensively, you got to recruit at a tier one level if you want to win a national championship. I, I agree. You want to beat Georgia, you got you got to do that. Offensively, there's some positions you have to recruit at a tier one level. And that is, I believe, tackle. Some places on the offensive line. Does your whole offensive line need to be like NFL guys like we've seen in Alabama and Georgia? I don't think so. But you better have your Darnell Wright. Don't have to be a first-round top-10 pick, but you better have an NFL dude at the tackle position, I feel like. Or two or three of those guys, they don't all have to be players that are leaving that particular year but one may be a player that, okay, next year we see him as an NFL guy or two years we see him as an NFL guy. But I feel like you need to have multiple NFL dudes on your offensive line. So there's there's a number of tier one guys I think you got to have on the offensive line. Running back, I don't think you have to recruit at a tier one level at running back. It will be nice, but I think if you get some guys that maintain or, or possess some speed, um. I prefer a little wiggle, make guys miss. But, like, if you fast, we got you. Receiver. You don't have to recruit a tier one. Although, it would be nice. I don't think you have to recruit a tier one level receiver. Tight end. Probably say the same thing. It would be 
It would be nice. Um, quarterback, boy, do you have to? I don't think you have to either. It's, it's tier one. But when you do, when you get a guy like Nico, it, it flips the switch. Well, I think the fact that Georgia was just able to win back-to-back championships with Stetson Bennett tells you that you don't have to recruit at a tier one level at the at the quarterback position. And, and you know, Stetson Bennett made more plays than a lot of people want to give him credit for, especially in that first national championship game uh, against Alabama last season. I mean, I mean, he made some 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 really really nice throws that helped Georgia win that game. But I, I do think ultimately, just a general point, like. Winning two championships back to back with Stetson Bennett proves that that you can that that you can win by not bringing in a Nico Iaomaliava type that mm-hmm. that maybe you can win not maybe that you can win with a, a Jake Merklinger and that's nothing against Jake Merklinger it's just not he's he's not rated like Tua was coming in or Jalen Hurts or Nico or you know a guy like that a Bryce Young C.J. Stroud uh, he he's lower rated than those guys even though he himself is also highly rated like i, I think georgia went in a championship with with stetson these last two years proves that 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 you don't have to now it puts pressure everywhere else on your roster uh because you, your defense has to to essentially be an all-time great defense like georgia's was and you had to have some big-time playmakers around stetson bennett the offensive line for georgia was absolutely tremendous it puts a, a lot of pressure everywhere else on your roster but you can do it I look at defensive line and like, I see what Tennessee's doing. Like I see what Tennessee's doing with the recruiting and and the targeting of defensive linemen, Jordan Ross, Eli Russian. I mean, these are, these are five-star caliber defenders that can rush the passer. Um, you know, I got all I got all excited. You know, thinking we we're going to get a commitment um, yesterday, or maybe it was the day before yesterday, from a defensive lineman, five-star defensive lineman, and Cam Franklin. Man, he tweeted out that video. I was like, "What? What?" I had that Bruce Arians gift. I was like, "Wait." This is a commitment? No, this is just a promotional video that Tennessee gave gave the recruits. But Tennessee's in a really good place for Camarion Franklin. Cam, big Cam Franklin on, on his Twitter. So like those are the guys being that if you're Tennessee and you're looking to make that next step, you look at your offense and you don't have to recruit tier one in every position. Whereas defensively, you got to recruit tier tier one defensively, and dudes like Cam Franklin are the type of guys you got to bring in, like to to make the next step. That's that's the dudes you got to bring in, and I feel like Tennessee is, is doing that. Like there's 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 a belief that the next month is going to be big for Tennessee football recruiting, like all the seeds that were planted during. A65 events and, and and recruiting events. This past weekend was really good. There's going to be another recruiting weekend this weekend. Like 
those the, those seeds are starting to show, um, you know, it's flowers. Um, and I think fans are going to be really, really, really pleased in the next couple of weeks. Man, you got three good players, three four stars in less than seven days. And they just it wasn't a couple of days ago when a lot of SEC fans, and I saw Tennessee fans, look at Florida getting a five-star and going, oh, 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 hold on now. What, what, what are they doing? Why are we not doing that? Y'all, Tennessee programming is in a better place than Florida. Florida has an unbelievable brand from years and years of success in the last 25, 30. Like, they're going to get dudes that just want to play in Florida. And they're going to get guys that, that, that want the challenge of helping bring back the Gators. And Bill Napier is a good recruiter. Like, he's always been a good recruiter. And there's a bigger issue than, than, than just Bill Napier. Um, and so he's having, he's having to clean up a lot of, a lot of mess. So like, don't be surprised when, when Florida gets a, a good player and, and forget and neglect the fact that, that Tennessee is still doing really, really good job, um, recruiting. So three, three players of need in the last couple of days, Boo Carter, Max Johnson, Jordan Burns. Anytime there's a player from Georgia, I automatically add a half a star. Automatically. Well, there, there's a, a couple of states that you do that for. Texas is is one of them as well. So so you add a, a half a star with Max Anderson, and all of a sudden he's a four and a half star. <laughs> I, do, I do it, man. I, I look a little half a star, sometimes a quarter of a star. But, like, I, I, I always take into account where the player is playing from. I, I always do that. All right, 865-255-03. Uh, one of the best things about the Swain Event app is the text box feature, which allows you, the listener, to be able to engage, interact. We're going to the text box coming up after the break. Questions, comments, send them in. It's Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. He's rocking a 247 Sports sweatshirt. I know you're tired, man. I know you're tired. I know you're tired. Buddy, I, uh, I, I rebooked my flight out of Omaha. As soon as possible, mainly because it was the cheapest options to, to rebook. So my flight out of Omaha yesterday morning was at 629 a.m. Central Time, Ooh. which means I had to get up at four o'clock to be at the airport in an appropriate amount of time. And I didn't get back to my hotel room until like 1.30 after Tennessee's loss. So yesterday I, I was running on fumes, running on fumes. Catching up on some sleep probably too. Yes, last night I was, I fell asleep in the middle of that LSU Wake Forest game last night because I I flew back into Nashville, so I had to drive back to Knoxville too. Oh, I I had been in Huntsville and Hattiesburg and and, and everywhere else, so yesterday was a long day and uh, I, I slept real good last night. Like a baby, Ben McKee, Go Vols two four seven, Jason Swain. I'm live in the Low T Center studio. Be right back. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. 
They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low-T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low-T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low-T Center, reinventing men's health care. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Freedom Motors is the local pre-owned car dealer who does more for you than any other dealer around. You want convenience? You can check out their entire line of vehicles online at freedommotorstn.com. And when you find what you like, they'll bring the vehicle right to your door. That's a dealer who cares about you and your time. Shop Freedom Motors today and let's get you in your new ride. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03 is the hotline. Ben McKee, Go Falls 247. Got all the keys. Got all the keys. Is it officially Tennessee football time now, Ben? Well, it's always officially Tennessee football time in, in East Tennessee and, and in Knoxville. I mean, you know. Let me let me say, let me say this before before I continue. Before I forget. But yes, to, to to simply answer your question, yes, it, it is now football time in Tennessee. Always. Let me say, let me say this before I forget. I saw a tweet from um, Zane Denton that said VFL, and um, you know he's a player that from Tennessee transferred from Alabama after playing for Alabama a couple of years. And, like, I didn't even, like, flinch. I didn't even react. Because people are still trying to get on Henry Toto about him not being guard slant. It's probably the worst joke on on Vol Twitter. Linebackers, they don't cover slants, folks, okay? They don't cover slants. They don't guard slants. They're not responsible for covering receivers one-on-one to, to cover slants. But, like, there's still a bitterness towards Toto for leaving Tennessee to go to Alabama when, when Tennessee was transitioning from a really, really dark dark spot. And it's still a weird feeling when you have players transfer inside of the conference. 
But Zane Denton, man, oh man, how clutch was he for the Tennessee this season? And him and Griffin Merritt, I wish we got a chance to have these guys part Tennessee longer. I I think there's a a small chance Zane Denton could be back next year, but I, I I think it's probably unlikely now after his postseason run. If you would have asked me this question uh, beginning of May, bef- a couple of weeks before the SEC tournament, I would have told you that I think it's <clears throat> better than a, a 50% chance Zane Denton comes back. <clears throat> but with, with his postseason run, he, he he certainly elevated his his draft status and and uh, I I think he made himself a, a little bit of money for sure with with what he's been able to do uh, this postseason. So we'll we'll see. I, I again I, I I would assume that Zane Denton probably moves on, uh, but maybe there's a a slight chance he could be back. Uh, but yeah, Griffin Merritt's definitely gone, and Griffin Merritt is has been one of my all time favorite dudes yeah. to, to be around i mean the, the guy is just awesome just listen to him speak for two minutes and, and you will you'll be mesmerized and and you'll be a huge fan of that guy uh moving forward which i know a lot of people already are but uh, i i know he's he'll do great things in in his next chapter of life i i don't know if if he's going to give pro ball a shot now uh, last offseason when he thought he was done playing baseball, he had been accepted into dental school at Ohio State, and, and that's what his plans were. He was going to dental school at Ohio State uh, until he got the itch to, to play baseball again, and that's why uh, Tennessee added that commitment uh, in August or, or early – I guess it would have been August before school started. Uh, so I, I don't know if he's changed his aspirations and, and maybe wants to continue trying to play baseball, but – even if he doesn't play baseball and, and he ultimately does go to dental school, then I mean he'll he'll be successful in that field as well, just because of how awesome uh, of a guy he is. And I thoroughly enjoyed covering Griffin uh, this this year. He, he was awesome. As promised, go into the text box. Steph says, "Love listening. So glad y'all are back in the AM. Just share it on the gram." For my fellow Vols. So appreciate you, Steph. Nelson from Jackson. I want to see what Florida's class looked like in November, December. I just don't believe those kids are going to stick. Yeah, they're up for a rough season from a win-loss standpoint. And it's not going to get any easier next season in 2024 when the schedule is going to be even tougher playing Miami, Florida State, um, Central Florida, and then the SEC slate that will add Texas to their schedule and they play in Texas on the road. So, yeah, like we've been through this in the last couple of years with different coaches and recruiting in the first and second year of a coach's tenure. We we know how important it is to show recruits that, that you can win by winning a little bit. Like, you got to prove it to them that when they come to your school, they're they're not going to suck. They want to go to a place where they have a chance to win. So it's going to be tough. Really good point by by Nelson um, from Jackson. Nelson with a recruiting comment. I am surprised. Seth says, nah, fellas, Georgia won without tier one quarterback because they 
literally got every other position to be tier one. The model for us is Clemson. NFL quarterbacks, NFL D-line, good enough everywhere else. Yeah, I, I think I think I think you're right. I do feel like you need to have some 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 dudes on 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 the offensive line. Like Darnell Wright was able to hold his own versus Alabama. And if Darnell Wright's not on the offensive line, are we beating Alabama? I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we were able to beat them on the last second field goal. With Darnell Wright, Hinton Hooker was able to, to deliver passes down the football field to Jalen Hyatt. No Darnell Wright would Hinton be able to do that? I don't know. All right, Ben has his hand raised. Yes, Ben. I, I'm I'm backtracking. I'm I'm sticking with Tennessee football recruiting, but I'm I'm orange barreling and and rerouting and 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 going Omaha. On All right, here. what you got? What you got? So you tell me. And I I missed this earlier in the week. Uh, this this was on Tuesday, and I I was obviously active on Twitter uh, with with Tennessee baseball coverage, but I, I was not actively scrolling Twitter uh, because of of how busy I was. So I, I missed this. I, I'll I'll admit it. I missed this. You're telling me after all those subtweets from Lane Kiffin, all those slick little comments from Lane about JJ Harrell and and, and being committed to Tennessee. That JJ Harrell turns around and commits to Mississippi State. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I saw like I saw a tweet from JJ Harrell. Um, I think he was retweeting some love he was getting from from Mississippi State. I think he shared like an edit that he got from Mississippi State. Hold on, man. Hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me, let me do a little searching. Yo, I missed this too. He committed to Mississippi State on the 20th. JJ Harrell says they have great coaches. Bumpus is a Mississippi guy. He knows where I come from. Coach Arnett is on the rise. He is going to be one of the best coaches in the SEC. They're going to air the ball out. That's good for any receiver. Buddy, okay. All right. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I thought Ole Miss was going to be the biggest competitor. And I'll be honest, Ben, I don't know the kid or talk to the kid. I'm only judging my comment that I'm about to make based on a couple of tweets I've seen from him. Seems like a guy, a young man that enjoys the recruiting process. Um, same young man that was – 100% committed to Tennessee via tweet that he had when he committed to Tennessee only to flip or only to decommit stating that he rushed the process and then less than 
two, three weeks, commit again. To a school that tragically lost their coach, who did air it out every single play, to a coach that's not going to be doing that. And you a wide receiver? And you pick Mississippi State over Ole Miss? And Ole Miss just put some dudes in the league and has offense that rivals Tennessee's? Hey, man, it's your future. I, I, and I do think Chad Bumpus is is a good receivers coach from from my understanding. I, I believe he was at Florida, and I believe there's always been a a nice narrative publicly on on Chad Bumpus. Uh, I'm not all that familiar with his work, but I, I do believe I've I've seen some things in the past that have stated he's 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 a good receivers coach. But I, I'm with you. This is just what a recruitment. It's I, mean, I, I think that's the easy easiest kindest way to put it. He was a baller at Mississippi State. Um, so, like, I understand being recruited by a guy that is from Mississippi who went to a Mississippi school and balled out as a wide receiver. Like, I, hey, at the end of the day, like, it's, 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 his, it's his decision. If you live with your heart, you really can't go wrong. Um, if you're trying to get to the league, you can do it from Mississippi State. And if you want to represent the in-state school, if something rubs you wrong about Ole Miss, like we don't know the details, something could have happened with Ole Miss and it could have put him off. But it's a shocker for us. It's a shocker. And I didn't even like, I didn't even see it on Tuesday. Like you were covering the baseball team, but like I wasn't in Omaha covering the baseball team. And like, I, I missed it. Tennessee has clearly moved on. <laughs> like there's there's five star receivers here and there every weekend. I see coming in Tennessee taking a look. So like, I don't think there's been a player as good as JJ Harrell that has decommitted from Tennessee, and folks have like mentally and emotionally moved on quicker from. <laughs> like, I, I I I didn't hear much complaining at all from, from Ball Nation. So that just lets you know that what Kelsey Pope is doing and Josh Heupel, what they're doing, like, we good. We, we, we in the right position. All right. Uh, ben, Brown Hunsucker, wants to know about transfer rumors about Chase Barnes. Uh I'm sorry, Ben. This is this is why you paid the big bucks. Um, you, you gotta you gotta address tough questions and rumors like this. Uh, I have certainly heard the rumors. I, I think most people have heard the rumors, and I, and I guess for the people who have not heard the rumors, the rumor is that Chase Burns is is going to be looking to to hit the the transfer portal and, and and these are rumors that have been surfacing for quite some time now the, the, these are these aren't recent um rumors that that have popped up in the last couple of days or or so uh it, it seemed to be at a peak right before the NCAA tournament 
and, and right before Tennessee had the the team success that it had in the postseason, and and also Chase Burns elevating his game in the postseason. So I I, I don't seems like there may have been some hard feelings uh, about getting moved to the bullpen midway through the season, which I, I'm not going to pretend to know every single aspect of of the situation internally, but from the outside looking in and also with at least a little bit of insight that, that I have, I, I don't, I don't see how Chase Burns was, was mistreated in any sense in terms of roles he was given on the team. Uh, last year, he was kind of somewhat demoted uh, to the bullpen t- towards the end of the year, but he had tailed off uh, performance wise at, at the end of the season. And, and then this season, uh, it, it was it was not a good first half of the year. I mean, he, he just was not pitching well. Uh, now, w- was there a disconnect between him and, and Frank Anderson? I mean, I, I guess that's that's possible, but it, it's hard for, for me to believe that uh, the, the best pitching coach in America, literally the best pitching coach in America, uh, would, would lead someone as talented as Chase Burns uh, astray. I mean, Frank Anderson was one of the big reasons they got Chase Burns in the first place. Uh, and, and I mean, there, there's just a lengthy history of Frank Anderson developing these these arms that they brought in and, and sending them uh, to to the league and, and to professional baseball. So it, it seems like maybe there were some sour grapes at, at one point uh, about moving to the bullpen. I mean, Chase Burns admitted uh, after the loss the other night that at, at the time he did not like it. <laughs> so, I mean, he's also said that publicly. So maybe there were some some frustrating feelings down the stretch to end the regular season but i i would think that maybe this this recent postseason run helps at least change some of those feelings but but again i i think maybe the the feelings were a little premature as well because again like you were not performing well and you needed to make an adjustment and and kudos to chase burns he he did that he 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 made adjustments as a pitcher and he was by far the the best reliever in the country the second half of the season. And we talked about it on Tuesday, Swain. If he pitches with that changeup and that curveball the, the way that he did on Tuesday against Stanford, or Monday, I guess it was, then then he will be back in the starting rotation next season, and he'll be the number one overall pick in next year's MLB draft. So from a baseball standpoint, I don't know why a move would be made. Now, there there are at least two SEC schools located to, to the west of the state of Tennessee that are um, maybe reaching out to kids when, when they should not be. And there's a new world of, of incentivizing players to, to come to their school, so who who knows if if that is is playing a role that that's kind of where the rumors originate from if if we're just being completely honest mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see uh, I'm I'm sure Tennessee will will need to to make a a commitment to to Chase Burns financially that that's just the world we live in nowadays we we've seen it with college football college basketball college baseball uh, Swain can attest to this it's not just a sport of baseball. In football and basketball, there's guys that uh, very quietly behind closed doors are, you know, 
causing a ruckus based off of what they want NIL-wise. And I'm not at all saying Chase Burns is doing that, Mm -hmm. but I'm just saying, like, it is truly the wild, wild west right now Mm -hmm. in terms of of teams reaching out to guys and and players wanting NIL and and, and things of that nature. So I'm sure that Tennessee will need to make a financial commitment to Chase Burns in in some capacity, especially with how he finished the the regular season and, and his potential to be the number one overall pick like I just talked about. Um, but as of of right now, I have no reason to believe that that Chase Burns is is moving on from Tennessee. It it, it has been a, a a conversation, which is why we're we're finally addressing it. it it's been a, a conversation privately for a month and a half, two months, but now it, it's even starting to get out publicly. Uh, so we'll we'll see what happens. But as of Tuesday night, when Tennessee season came to an end, I, I had no reason to believe that. Chase Burns will be anywhere else but Knoxville next season. Every major sport, I won't say every major sport, I'll say uh, basketball, football, and baseball um, have had to deal with trying to re-recruit their own players who have wondered about their value from a monetary standpoint here at Tennessee. And I think that's normal in the A and age we live in, NIL. And if I'm a player and I think I bring tremendous amount of value to to a program and I want to feel value from a um, financial standpoint, monetary standpoint, and I know my window is short to be able to capitalize, then – I would be hypocrite if I sit here and said that I wouldn't wonder what other schools are willing to pay me. I'll be a hypocrite. I really would be. And so um, that's not to say that Chase Burns is, is going anywhere or anything like that. I'm just trying to put myself in the shoes of uh, a student athlete that has value and it's really, really, really good. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I feel sorry for collectives and I feel sorry for coaches, but I will say that they, they have a difficult job. And it's every day. It's every day. It, it's recruiting your own players every day. It's recruiting players who are not on your campus every day. Um, it's trying to preserve the culture inside your locker room and not allow NIL to to create division, which if you want to be a pro athlete, you can't allow NIL to create division anyways because you're going to play on a team where there's guys that's going to be making more to you. That brings more value or less value than you. And so the last thing you need to be doing is counting somebody else's pockets. You need to be doing the best that you can do to be a better player and a better teammate and help your team win. And hey, if you got an agent and let your agent do the work for you. Um, but the moment you take your eyes off the road is a moment that, that you, that you getting get into a wreck. And so you want to stay focused on your business, but we all get up every morning and try to put food on the table, so to speak. And we all get up in the morning trying to put money in our pockets. One way or the other, if you are 
construction worker or taxi cab driver or uh, Uber driver, uh, you work at a grocery store, you run a bank, uh, everyone has different jobs they do every single day they wake up. And that's to put money in your pocket. So let's not look down on student athletes that have this short window of being able to capitalize off their opportunities while, while they have it. So you're, you're, you're spot on with the, with those last couple of comments, but I will also add that I think it would be wise for, for Chase Burns to, to, to look at things long-term rather, rather than short-term. If, if the, the rumors are true that he is maybe, I, and I don't even want to say that he's looking around or listening. That that's unfair. I don't want to insinuate that. But to me, that it would be silly for him to leave. Quite frankly, again, I don't want to pretend to know the the personal relationship that that Chase Burns has with Frank Anderson with with Tony Vitello. Um, but from a, a a simple baseball perspective, like you are on track to being a first round pick in next year's draft, and if if you come back next season under the best pitching coach in the country and you pitch the way that you did at the college world series and against Southern Miss and in, in Hattiesburg as a starter, you will be the number one overall pick and sign a signing bonus that is near double digit million dollars in terms of like 10 mil. Like it, it would, I, I don't even know what it would be off the top of my head, but it, it would be somewhere around there. Like eight to 10 mil is, is what your signing bonus w- would be. If, if you, if you come back and, and you continue to develop it, it's just leaving Frank Anderson just does not make a whole lot of, of sense to me. He he can make help you make a whole lot of money long-term than anybody can give you in, in, in the short term. What doesn't make a lot of sense is not getting your HVAC unit replaced when you know it needs to be replaced and we are approaching summer. It is summer. We are fortunate that it's not 95 degrees outside right now here in Knoxville, but it's coming. And the last thing you want to be doing is sitting around in your house when it's 95, 98 degrees and your AC unit is out. Your HVAC unit is out. So get out in front of it now. Healers, heat wave heroes are here to save the day. If you are needing a hero to save your HVAC unit, Hiller can do that for you. Free UV light and free electronic air cleaner when you purchase select new HVAC systems. Or take advantage of the special right now, whole home water filtration for just $59. Or whole home generators for just $139 a month call healers heat wave heroes to save the day. I'm going to look at it from both sides regarding trace burns. I think when you have one of the best teachers of baseball period, regardless of college or pro at your disposal, I think that's more valuable as I'm sitting here as a 38 year old former athlete. Like I think that's more valuable than anything. Like you're in a, you're in a good place. You're winning. You're, you're playing for your in-state team. Um, you have shown your value, your 
stock is soaring through the roof. I feel like, and I'm no baseball expert or someone that played, but I feel like Chase showed his versatility by coming out of the bullpen. And I think scouts, they look for reasons not to draft you. And they look for reasons. And I don't think it matters what sport it is. They look to see how do you handle adversity? How do you handle yourself when things don't go the way you want it to go? And Chase is moved to the bullpen. And I thought he did a really good job on the outside looking in, handling adversity and basically building his resume more, showing that he can come out the bullpen and be and be dominant and change the game from the the energy and emotion. Like he changed multiple games this year. But I'm gonna look at it from the other side too. When you're that good. Can he not get drafted high if he decides to go somewhere else? Yes. Can, can he Can he not be the first overall pick, even if Frank Anderson is not his pitching coach? Because I yes. feel like if you're good, you're good. Like, we follow recruiting in football and basketball, and we see guys go to places, and we scratch our head, and we say, why, well, why are they going there? You ain't going to win there. You ain't going to be developed there. You ain't going to uh, you know, play in front of a large crowd. Well, three or four years later, we see that player – going to the pros. So, like, if you're good, you're good. Like, you can still make it. But I get what you're saying, 100%. You got a chance to be coached by another year uh, by Frank Anderson. But playing devil's advocate, looking on, on looking at it on the other side, hey, man, let's not sit here and pretend like he got to stay in Tennessee just because Frank Anderson is here and he can't he can't go anywhere. Um, he can't be successful or be the number one overall pick if he's not coached by Frank Anderson. He's, he's not Knox. He's not Knox who has to depend on you for food. Now, as Knox gets older, when he's hungry, he's going to get his butt up and go to the refrigerator and get it himself. But right now, he depends on you for food. Let's not let's not sit here and pretend that Chase Burns has to depend on Frank Anderson to be the number one overall pick next year. So, like, no, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trust he me, doesn't. I want him back. I want, like I want him back. And again, we're just answering a question on the text box about rumors that's been swirling about Chase Burns, you know, potentially leaving. So we're not sitting here having a conversation um, because we have word that he is leaving or contemplating leaving. We're simply addressing a rumor about him maybe leaving for those who are just joining in um, and, you know, need some, some context here. Just want to make sure because we know how things like this can, could be misinterpreted and have legs of its own. So, uh, yeah, and, and and quite uh, frankly, it's a it's an uncomfortable situation <laughs> to discuss because nothing has has happened uh, just yet. Um, but we'll we'll see. It, it's a, a new age of of college athletics, uh, and uh, you know, Chase Burns was was awesome the second half of the season, but I I know for a fact that Quentin Eberhardt and Frank Anderson helped him make adjustments to become what he was at the end of the season. I mean, he, he's he's talked many times about Coach A and, and kind of the pitching plan that he's had for him in games. And and then also uh, prior or 
following the Vanderbilt series, he talked about how Quentin Eberhardt has has had helped him at the time that weekend open up some things physically as as well with some different things that they were doing in the weight room and, and through stretching. So uh, it, it it you're right. Chase Burns is is going to be a first round pick, uh, barring injury. That that will be the only reason that that Chase Burns is not a first round pick next year is if he ends up having Tommy John or, or something along those lines. But it doesn't matter who coaches him. What what is who his pitching coach is next season? He's he's still going to be a first round pick. So you are right with that. But seems a little weird to to make a a short term decision when. You, you didn't make all of the adjustments by yourself. Correct. Yeah, and yeah. and long-term, they can help you make more money. Yep, yep, 100%. I agree with you on that. Uh, Jennifer Moore says, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And uh, she's 100% right. Uh, Jennifer Moore's, uh, we talked about, or we're talking about Chase Burns potentially being the number one overall pick next year, but Jennifer Morris is the number one overall pick now when it comes to uh, helping you find a home, uh, sell a home, or if you're looking to invest in a rental property, uh, Jennifer Morris can help you do that with Keller Williams Realty. Jennifer Morris helped you, Ben, get your first home, and I know that you've shared your experience with, with Jennifer and and, and how – uh, she's helped you and your family, and um, Jennifer's the best, man. She is the best, and the only thing that you need to know about Jennifer is this text that she sent me earlier this week saying that she will body bump anybody and everybody to get her clients to the closing table. She she will go Tony Vitello chest bumping on an umpire uh, to, to get the job done for you. She goes above and beyond, and uh, is is truly the absolute best. She was Chase Burns before Chase Burns. So <laughs> if you're looking to to move or find a new house, reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty. Volfan on the text box says, uh, since someone told on Vitello for the uh, early contact with Maui, is Tennessee going to snitch if they have proof of a team um, trying to recruit Tennessee players, how's how's Tony handling interaction with coaches he knows are trying to poach his players? I mean, I mean, what are you gonna do? You gonna you gonna if you're Tony and you know you've been accused of of doing it to someone else, you can't really buck up if people are doing it to you. I mean. Can't do it. You just gotta. And, and, and the crazy part, Swain, is that it, it's not a secret within the world of of college baseball that LSU is kind of operating like the Los Angeles Dodgers. I mean, just earlier this week, uh, Tennessee lost out on a commitment from a pitcher from Xavier, a, a left-hander, who was able to visit. Tennessee hosted him on a visit going into the Hattiesburg weekend. He he was here between Clemson and, and Hattiesburg, and they thought that the the weekend went really, really well. Or not the weekend, but the, the visit went really, really well, and, and they felt like they were in a great spot for him. Uh, and, it, and it seemed like NIL was a massive decision as to why he chose LSU over Tennessee. And it wasn't because Tennessee was lacking in the NIL department. 
It's just that LSU baseball is is operating as if they're the the New York Yankees or, or the Los Angeles Dodgers with with a, a massive payroll, and and there's just in that situation, it it doesn't really matter what you do on your end. It's it's they're doing, and I know some fans will say, well, why can't Tennessee do whatever it 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 takes to 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 make it happen? Well, you you, you saw the the fan turnout in Omaha this week for for LSU baseball. I mean that twenty five thousand seat stadium what was filled in purple and gold. There's just a, a different level of commitment, uh, both from the university itself and the fan base, quite frankly, uh, to, to LSU baseball than there is Tennessee baseball. And uh, it, it's because that LSU baseball has been a lot more relevant for a, a lot longer than, than Tennessee. Yep. Maybe in 20, 30 years, Tennessee is in that spot. Uh, but for right now, and it's not just Tennessee that's that's on the short end of the stick when, when competing against LSU on the recruiting trail. Everybody in the country is. Hopefully it's not twenty or thirty years. Hopefully it's a lot sooner. But that's 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 what it, that's what happens when you know you um, don't treat a sport as a priority, and it's no different than Vanderbilt football. Um, like it's hard to just flip the switch when you get a really good coach like Tony Martello. Like it's it's hard. And LSU baseball is just different. Oh, it's it, it just hundred percent. It just is. They like treated the, the serious the, the, for decades. Yes, and the easiest way to sum it up, I had a coach tell me this before NIL, before NIL, that there are are players that you can recruit that you just no matter what you do, what you say, what you have going on you're just going to lose out on them to LSU just because LSU baseball is such a significant brand. Like it is by far the best job in the country. And there are players that LSU will get over every school in the country nine times out of 10 if they want that kid. It's just LSU has that type of appeal to young baseball players. It is, it's, it's the the standard in, in terms of programs and whatnot and there's just simply players that that you're going to lose out to them on to them no matter what you do it's like pat summit when she was at tennessee and you were getting players like candace parker that just wanted to play for pat summit i heard we could catch us talk about how she always wanted to play for pat summit um you can compare that to don staley now you know uh or emma there at uh at uconn like it is what it is. It is what it is. Uh, we may see Grant Williams in a different uniform next year. Let's let's uh, keep our eyes open. The NBA draft is is, is tonight. Um, Julian Phillips. Let's see where he goes. We we may see some balls on the move. Tobias Harris's name has brought, uh, been brought up on the trading block. Grant Williams' name has been brought up. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies acquired Marcus Smart yesterday. Will that affect Grant Williams? So. Tuesday, we may be talking about some 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 VFLs on new NBA teams, guys who are in the league, and guys like Julian Phillips who are looking to enter the NBA. I appreciate you, Ben. What a unbelievable job, man! Covering baseball, didn't think you could do any better from last year, uh, but man, you just raised the bar. 
uh, again. So, man, really, really, really proud of you. Great, great job. And um, now it's about getting ready for football season, man. SEC Media Days here in a couple of weeks. It's still talking season. But, but before you know it, it'll be playing season. And we'll be talking be. about the play on Saturdays. Yep, I can't wait for that. You know, football season. Football season is football season. It, it goes without being said, but certainly appreciate your kind words earlier in the show and, and you reiterating them means more more than you know coming from you. So I certainly appreciate that. And uh, baseball season may be over, but it's also not over. Portal season is, is about to be busy and, and draft season is, is coming up. So I'll certainly still have plenty of, of baseball coverage. And I think we'll have a, a transfer commitment to talk about come Tuesday morning as well. So that, that'll be fun and excited to get into football season as well. It'll be another fun season, especially with Joe Milton leading the way. Look at you, man. You think you're slick. All right, so we're going to have a baseball commitment. Um, I caught that. Looking forward to that. Um, recruit to replace. Rick Barnes did it. Basketball. Tennessee football. They're doing it. Tony Vitello. It's his time to do it. To get this team over the hump. Recruit to replace. Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. That is our time for today. That is our time for the week. Tuesday morning, 8 a.m., we will be back. Thank you so much for making the Swain event part of your morning. Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Have a fantastic Thursday. We are out. Peace and love.